I'll never forget the first time I went scuba diving when we hit the seabed, something about 10 or 12 metres deep. I was shocked. I was shocked to find a whole new world that I didn't know existed. These uh, incredible corals and um, beautiful, colourful Nemo fish and um, stingrays and sharks. It was, it was like this um, hidden wonderland. And, and it, I was so enriched by it. And so I kind of just explored that, that depth of the ocean. I want to offer that image to you today, and I want to suggest that you keep it in mind, especially during Lent, because I think it's a really helpful analogy for the spiritual life. All of our spiritual practices, our prayer, our study, our life in community, our generosity towards others, it's all for the purpose of leading us into this deeper spiritual dimension of life into a hidden abundance that we call God. That's what it's all about. Leading us to that deeper place. Jesus makes it pretty clear that this abundance, it's not out there somewhere. It lives within us. It's a dimension of life that we discover in the depth of our being, in our heart, in our soul. It's there waiting for us. St. Teresa of Avila, she was a bit of a, um, an expert, you could say, on the soul. And, and she said that because the soul is made in God's image, it is very difficult for us to understand, and these are her words, its sublime dignity and loveliness. In other words, she's saying, as you start to enter that deep place within, it is full of pleasant, very pleasant surprises. It's like an underwater wonderland. It's in that deeper dimension in our soul, in our heart, that we start to discover parts of ourselves that we never knew existed. We see the truth of our beauty and our goodness. We experience there a profound level of, of connection and intimacy and security. It's there that we start shedding the false ideas about ourselves, the fears that have been holding us back for so long. This deep, hidden, abundant dimension within us is what Jesus referred to as the treasure that is worth trading all other treasures for. It's where we discover what makes us truly rich, what makes life truly worth living. And the good news is that this dimension of life is available to all of us, regardless of how imperfect we may be or how shallow our faith may be. With God's help, we can all find our way there, but it's not without a challenge. Because as we all know, I'm sure, life has this way of sucking us back up to the surface of the water, doesn't it? Yeah, to our circumstances, to uh, all the stuff that consumes our mind, to our, our passing feelings. Somehow life just sort of pulls us back up to the surface. And this is why spirituality is so important. And this is why we take this journey of Lent every year. 
Lent is a kind of circuit breaker. It's, it's an opportunity for us to pause in the midst of our crazy lives and to strap on the diving gear. Yeah, We take up uh, extra prayer, don't we, and, and self-denial, and we make an extra, uh, an extra effort to be generous towards others. And that's all uh, for the purpose of taking that interior journey of trying to, to, to draw closer to that uh, uh, sublime loveliness that's deep within us. What Jesus also calls the kingdom of God, yeah? This brings me to the key point I want to make today. and We're going to be reinforcing this point over the next uh, four weekends of Lent. Our spiritual practices, if we do them from the right heart, they can be very helpful for opening us up to God. Yeah, they, they can lead us towards this hidden abundance deep within us. But there is only one key that will actually give you access to that abundant life, to the kingdom of God. And that one key is faith. St. Paul dedicated a whole chapter of his letter to the Romans to make that point really clear. That faith is the oxygen that takes us into that deep place. I want to encourage you later to read chapter 4 of his letter to the Romans. Paul is talking about Abraham, yeah, who is the father of faith. He's a father of faith. So if he's going to choose anyone to kind of highlight what faith looks like, of course he's going to choose Abraham. And the point he makes is that Abraham inherited this tremendous promise, this abundance of God, not because of anything he did, but because he put his faith, he put his trust in what God said, even when circumstances suggested otherwise. See, we, we see in Abraham that faith is not just a noun. It's not just about believing something in our mind, but, but faith is a verb. Faith is something that we live out. It's something that we do. Faith is a collaboration with what God is saying and doing in our lives. That is what leads us into that hidden abundance deep within us. So over the next five weekends of Lent, we're going to be exploring the theme of living faith. We're going to be uh, reflecting on what it looks like to have an Abrahamic kind of faith, the faith that, that, that collaborates with what God is saying and what God is doing, the faith that really makes a difference. The point I want to make this week is quite simple, but it's also very challenging. I want to propose that living faith involves trusting and cooperating with God's version of reality, God's promises. This is exactly what Jesus is inviting us to do in our gospel today. Today we hear the first words of Jesus' ministry, yeah, beginning of Mark's gospel. And he begins his ministry by presenting another version of reality. Did you hear it? He says, the time has come and the kingdom of God is close at hand. Jesus is saying, I want you to know that the hidden abundance of God is available to you here and now. That God's healing and liberating power, his love and his blessing is not just in the future sometime. It's not waiting for you up in the clouds. You can trust in it, Jesus is saying. You can expect it 
today. Jesus was trying to open people to the possibility of a different reality to what they were entertaining in their own minds, a different way of thinking. We see a similar promise in in our first reading today. Now, the context uh, here is um, very soon after the Great Flood. Yeah, Remember Noah, the Ark, the Great Flood? Uh, Now, I want you to imagine, soon after the Flood, God's speaking to his people. And they're looking around, and what do they see? Destruction. Devastation. Right? But yet, it's in that seemingly hopeless place that God again offers them another version of reality. God says, this is what I will do for you. This is what I want you to expect. And then he promises to his people a new life, a new promise, a new abundance. You see... True faith is not dependent on what you see, on what you think, on what you understand. But it's dependent on what God sees, on what God knows, on what God understands. When God made the promise to Abraham, Abraham had no evidence of it. No evidence at all. He had to just take one step of trust at a time until finally he started to see what God saw. Living faith means believing in God's promises despite what the circumstances may suggest. So Jesus in our gospel, he presents this vision, this alternative vision, right? And then he goes on to say what we need to do if we want to have that kind of expectant faith, if we really want to open ourselves to this alternative uh, promise, this alternative uh, vision, version of life. He really gives them one thing to do. He says, repent. (laughs) Repent. And we often uh, talk about repentance as turning away from sin, don't we? And that's true. But but it's much more than that. Repent comes uh, from that... Uh, word metanoia, which, which most simply means to, to change our mind. So it seems that Jesus is saying, hey, I, I don't want you to just change your mind about sin, but I want you to be willing to let go of your version of reality, of your version of what is true, of what is possible, so that you can be more open to God's version of reality. To God's promises. This is perhaps the greatest challenge for us, I suspect, in, in the spiritual life. Because we've all been hurt and wounded, right? And those experiences, they tend to colour how we see life. Over time, we can become quite confident in, in the way that we see and understand things. And, and it's actually not a very spiritual way of living at all when we trust too much in ourselves, in our perspective, in what we understand. In our thoughts, we can sometimes put many limits around what is possible for our lives. And perhaps we do that as a way of protecting ourselves. It's a feeling of I'm in control here. Sometimes, and for very good reason, we can become quite pessimistic, can't we? Quite negative about life, about our future. Our view of reality does not always marry up with what God has promised us, does it? If we sort of put them both together, 
Sometimes they don't reconcile. (laughs) This is why Jesus says we first need to repent and then we can believe in the good news. You see, you need to be willing, with the help of God's grace, of course, to let go of your own version of truth, your own limited understanding of what is possible, so that you can then start to believe, to put your trust in the truth that God is speaking over your life. And I think this is what Jesus means when he says you need to be poor in spirit. To be poor in spirit means that you don't put much trust in your own judgment at all. You're radically open to what God says what God promises, even when it doesn't seem apparent. I want to finish with Abraham because, again, we see these two coming together in his life so beautiful, beautifully, repentance and faith. St. Paul is talking about Abraham. He says, against all hope, in other words, um, despite his circumstances, Abraham believed And so became the father of many nations. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. And that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver. He was fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. That's living faith. But two things I want to encourage you to do this week. Firstly... Spend some time reflecting on the version of reality that you need to repent of. Any way that you may be putting limits on God. And when you notice that those thoughts coming back, because sometimes they're so deeply entrenched, we just think negatively, don't we? We think negatively, we can't help it, we're pessimistic. When we, start, when we notice those limiting thoughts, just repent, just let them go, just let them go, just let them go. <laughs> And secondly, make a choice every day to put your trust in God's version of reality. And we've given you some scriptures in that insert in the bulletin today to help you with this. I encourage you just to choose one of those scriptures a day and just sit with it for five minutes. Allow it to soak into your heart. Allow it to shape your thoughts, which can then shape your beliefs, which will shape your expectations and ultimately shape your reality. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.